Coming up on this week's episode of Filmology, we are finally taking a look back at the films of 2020, while also taking a look at, well, what we hope is coming out in 2021. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of Filmology. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am uh, Johnny G, and I am joined by Mike and Samantha on this week's show. Hi. Hi. Wow, that was... I, I don't know who had the more enthusiastic high there. I think they're both imposters, so it's both, both and both off. <laughs> and, um... Are we playing Among Us? <laughs> I forgot to start. Yeah, look, um... I, I, I was going to try and say the reason why we haven't done a show for a while is because I've been playing Among Us. But you just started I today. just started today. <laughs> for a day. such a liar. I just started today, which is a big reason why we we're late recording, was because I was playing Among Us and I really lost track of time. So that was um, exciting yet upsetting at the same time. But uh, it's all right. Uh, other than me losing track of time, how's everybody? Mike, uh, Samantha, how are you guys doing? I'm uh, okay. I'm good. I'm, all, I'm alive. It's all, it's all good. I'm good. I really feel <laughs> like this is an echo chamber here, but that's okay. It's all right right now. Yeah. So uh, you can find past episodes of Filmology over at filmologyshow.com, as well as written reviews all the way back to 2013. Uh, like we said earlier, on this week's show, we're going to be taking a look at the uh, our top 10 films of 2020. Uh, we all did our top 10 list. Uh, Samantha, I already know yours, so we probably have... Well, I know we have some overlap on that. And Mike, I don't know yours, but I'm still willing to take... We have... Uh, willing to take a bet that we have some overlap. Uh, sorry, though. Uh, spoiler alert. Bad Boys for Life is not on my top 10. But Mike, I'm willing to bet it's on yours. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that, that's that. I'm sorry about that. And uh, we'll we'll probably hear my catchphrase that I say every year on this on this show. Every time we do a top ten, it's somewhere in my top fifty. It's just not my top ten, unless it's Wonder Woman eighty four, and then it's in my bottom five. But that's all right. They made a film. It happened. It was horrible, and that's where we're at. Does anybody have anything to say before we just get going here on our top 10 show? Nope. All right. I guess I'll start us off. Does anybody have any objections to that? Mike, do you want to go first? Or uh, should we go ladies first with Samantha? I'm pulling up my list. Yeah, we should go ladies first. Ladies first? Okay, Samantha, you're pulling your list up. Okay, I got it. Wait, no, this is the wrong list. This, This is... Okay, Samantha, would you like to start with your number 10? Sure. My number 10 is Enola Holmes. Cool. You're... <laughs> okay. I'm Did not... you want me to say more? Yeah, that's the, that's kind of the point. But oh. Okay. You're too busy eating popcorn, so... Enola Holmes, because I thought it was a really cute and nice take on Sherlock. That was something different enough, but alike enough. And I did like the fourth wall breaks every once in a while. It was good. Really liked it. Just didn't care for the 
maybe there's not a romance. I feel in my mind when I'm thinking about that film, there is a romance that's kind of shoehorned into the film. It's kind of subtle sometimes, though. It's not like they got married or anything. So just because you don't get married in a film, that means that it's... No, that's not that what that a, means. I feel like that's what you just said. It's not what that means. It just seemed like it was a side quest and not the main story. Which would mean shoehorned in. Oh, fine. Just saying, I, I, I agree with you. It's a great, cute, lighthearted film that should have been... I don't want to say better, but just should have been more streamlined than it was. Cool. Anyway... It's in my top 50. Somewhere. I think. Oh no, if it's not, then I'm just going to feel really stupid. No, it's definitely in my top 50. There's no way Enola Holmes is not in my top 50. It's a good film. Uh, Mike, we'll have you go with your number 10. What's your number 10? Uh, what's your 10th favorite film of the year? My 10th favorite film of the year is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, I thought it was a really good movie, but it did suffer from a lot of like storytelling problems, like jumping around or like just telling you what happened and then showing you things like that. It was just really annoying after a while. Otherwise, it was a great film. Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, my number 10 is another Netflix film because uh, Trial of Chicago 7 was a film that was picked up by Netflix. Uh, my number 10 film, though, is Ma Raimi's Black Bottom. And it is, well, it's going to be Chadwick Boseman's last actual, like, on-screen performance. And it he gives the performance, I mean, of a lifetime. It is a great performance, a very tragic performance. Uh, I mean, considering the fact that we also lost uh, Chadwick this year, uh, this past year. And if you haven't seen the film, definitely rush out to see it. I don't think anyone, I mean, people were talking about the film when it first came out, which is usually what happens with these Netflix films. People talk about them for the, like, the first two days, and then after that they kind of drop like a rock. But... I, th I think this film was great, and it's just, it, it, it's one of those stories about uh, the the black experience, it's about the new modern ideas challenging those which have already been proven to work and set in stone, so it's just uh, generational stories, and it's just really good, I highly recommend it, so if you haven't seen Ma Raimi's Black Bottom, Go check it out. I mean, obviously, I, all my films are in my top ten. I think everybody should see. But th this one in particular, I, I don't feel a lot of people are talking about. At least in my film circle, a lot of people aren't talking about the film. So, uh, Ma Raimi's Black Bottom, which is, once again, streaming on Netflix. Uh, Samantha, you're number nine. My number nine is Hamilton. If you know me, you know I love musicals. So, that's probably obvious that it somehow made it up high. And I... I think some parts of seeing it in film was nice, and other parts I did like the stage version better. Um, I do like that it's now accessible to more people, though, so I know. It's really good. Check it out. Sing some songs. And once again, for the price that I paid for a three-year subscription to Disney+, Plus, could get you perhaps in the door to see Hamilton in a nosebleed seat. So for what the low cost of six ninety nine, you can have the best seat possible to watch Hamilton. And I think that was one of the best things about that film. 
is how accessible it is and I mean the, the price point. I mean I know Disney Plus is raising its uh, subscription cost here coming up, but still, even if you're paying under ten ninety nine a month, that's that's easily a steal. All right, so Mike, uh, what is your number nine pick? My number nine pick is Love and Monsters. It's a little quirky adventure movie. Sorry, uh, that was it's it's great. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's not anything special. It's probably not something I'm going to remember ten years from now, but. From the movies this year so far, it's one of my favorites. It was fun. It was it. yeah, definitely a film I wanted to catch up with, and I have no excuse not to. Uh, no excuse why I didn't, because um, I just didn't. I know that there were a whole bunch of sites that were having these giant sales at the end of the year, and Love and Monsters was one of the films that was on sale, and I, I didn't do that. I uh, watched some other films instead that. Uh, didn't make my top ten. I mean, I'm not saying that Love and Monsters would make my top ten, but it, it looked like a really enjoyable film, and I uh, I still haven't caught up with it. So hopefully I will at some point. It just needs to, you know, stream somewhere, and then I'll definitely catch up with it a little bit faster than putting something on my Netflix queue and just having it sit there for years. My Netflix disc queue, I'm sorry, not my whatever the other thing is. Anyway, uh, my number nine is a film that, once again, we're talking about streaming things, was streaming on Hulu. It is what, what I think is going to be a new holiday classic, Happiest Season. Just a very lighthearted film. It, did it make me cry? I think it made me cry, Samantha. It, yes, you're, you're nodding like, yes, it did make me, make me cry. Uh, I laughed really hard. I, I, I did cry. It's an emotional. It's just... It, it, it's a great, it, it was a really great movie, and actually just thinking about it now makes me just really happy inside and feel a little warm and fuzzy, you know, like people want to feel during the holiday season, and I'm, I'm assuming for a lot of people out there, like myself, the holidays aren't really like the happiest time, it's there's just a lot of either family drama or just like, uh, the, ho the holidays are just tough. So watching a lighthearted film like this can just make you feel better. Even now that we're out of the holiday season, I'll probably still venture back to this film every once in a while because it's just, once again, a feel-good movie. And, I mean, what, we're only 13 days here into 2021. And really, 2021 is turning out to be a bit worse than 2020 as of right now. So we could all, we could all use some uh, bit of happiness. So uh, my number nine is Happiest Season. Um, my number eight is Miss Americana. If you don't know about it, it's a doc about Taylor Swift, and she's not my favorite artist, but I did really appreciate the little look into her life, and I found it very interesting, and I liked it. It feels like forever ago when I watched that. It came out this year. It's crazy, last year. Yeah, it came out right after the Sundance Film Festival uh, last year, so it was either late January or early February, and I still haven't seen it, so... I enjoyed it. It was, it was uh, yeah, she talks about having a stand, or becoming political for the first time or whatever, and there's that whole scene where they, or like her, one of her handlers is worried that it's going to cost her fans or money or something, and she's like, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, cool. I, 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 I don't know. I just, not, 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 to, not to diss on a film I haven't seen, but I, I don't, <laughs> it, it, it just feels weird for me to watch a film that she's producing and I'm assuming her publicist has her hands in the entire film saying, okay, this is what Taylor, what's 
Like, this is going to make her look good, this is going to make her look bad. And just kind of reshaping the film. I, I don't know, it just, it just seems a little fickle instead of being a true documentary. Once again, haven't seen the film, but just the concept of it seems a little questionable to me. But that's that's neither here nor there. That's just like, well, actually, it's kind of like uh, two years ago there was those two uh, fire festival films going on, and one of them had uh, people who actually organized the fire festival producing one of the documentaries, which I think is kind of ironic that these people who who uh, uh, hilariously. Uh, in my opinion, hilariously uh, uh, set up this fraud festival to make all these influencers go to and yada yada yada. But uh, producing a film, it just it just it seemed weird to me that they were they were uh, capitalizing on the misfortune of others and then capitalizing on a story about the misfortune of others. It was just weird. But I mean, if I made a movie about myself, I would want to make myself look good. But is that really the worst thing in the world? I mean, the fact that she's upfront about it, I mean, I'm sure someone could make a movie I, bashing I like, her, but like... I, I, but what I'm saying, though, is I like, if it's a documentary, I like it to be as truthful as it can be. What's, I, I Every doc seen, is going to be biased. Every I haven't seen, I... Everyone has an opinion. It's not easy to have a strictly factual, no opinion-based direction at all. I'll get back to everybody on this. I'll actually watch Miss Americana and then I'll get back at some point, uh, probably, to be completely honest, after the Sundance Film Festival because I'll be completely filmed out for a bit there, for a good bit. But uh, after Sundance, I'll hopefully get to the film. Uh, Mike, I believe we're on... There's that Ariana Grande one that came out recently, too. You should probably hit that one up to see how you feel about it, compare the two. I really what I think it is is I don't care about pop stars and it, it, Taylor Swift's a pop star, right? I know for like a couple like hot seconds there. Oh, she, I feel like she's a superstar. She's not just a star. She's a super, <laughs> superstar. Is that because she was in Cats? Is that why? I think you're that right. That must be why. You're right. Cats made her a superstar. You're right. I. <laughs> you like pentatonics, and they have a doc. Look, I'm not saying that. Look, time out. I'm not saying that every single like group that has a doc like at the end of the day it is a publicity tool it do, it, it's a tool to sell who they are to sell their cds to sell their t-shirts to sell tour tickets whatever but when i watch something let's say like uh one of my overtime favorite doc- documentaries is night and fog it's a, a documentary it's a short documentary about like a half hour long i believe about the Holocaust, the concentration camps. They're not, I mean, they're, they're trying to show me what actually happened at those camps. They're not trying to actually actively sell me something. And maybe that's just me hating, hating on that capitalism, which it probably, that's what it probably is. But I like to learn things and not just be sold a product. And no, I'm not going to watch the Ariana Grande one, but I will get to a Miss Americana. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Wait till you find out my pick for next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Ariana Grande or whatever it's called. Anyway, Mike, your number nine pick for your... Number eight, actually. Well, your number eight pick for um, your uh, top ten out of 2020. My number eight pick is Enola Holmes. Um, like Samantha's number ten. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, it was a nice, different view of Sherlock Holmes. Um, yeah, overall, it's just fun and exciting. Really enjoyed it. 
just another like fun simple film it wasn't like Oscar worthy or anything like that just a nice fun film very well executed I don't remember having any complaints about it either so definitely go watch that one on Netflix apparently my list is just Netflix movies uh, yeah, I, I've already said my, my issues with the film. I, I do enjoy it. It's just not top ten worthy for me. I'm, but I'm happy to enjoy it. Uh, right. uh, my number eight's already been mentioned as well. It is The Trial of the Chicago 7. And while I did have problems with the film, my pros obviously outweigh the cons here. I do love the cast. It's a great cast. I love the script. I mean, it's Aaron Sorkin. How can you not love it? I mean, there's... If Aaron Sorkin could write my life, my my actual day job, I would like that a lot more. If he just like handed everybody there like a script when they walked in, so they could actually sound smart when they talked instead of sounding like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, actually, I'm not gonna say what the, the word I'm looking for is, but uh, I don't want you to say what word you're looking for. <laughs> I rather <laughs> I rather have people just you know sound intelligent when they're talking versus. Uh, a mindless drone, but and, and that's me pointing it nicely. Yeah, but the Chicago, the trial of Chicago Seven. It was a timely film. It's still timely. I can't believe like how actually timely this film is now versus when it came out just a few uh, months ago. But sadly, that seems to be the society we are living in. Uh, it's a, a great film, worth watching, and I. It's a film I'll go back to. You easily go back to, uh, actually, I, I, a lot sooner than I thought. I, this will probably be a film I revisit uh, before the midpoint of 2021. So uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 is my number 8 pick. Uh, my number 7 pick is The New Mutants, and I think we talked about this on the show. We did not talk about this on the show. You and I had a giant... We had a giant discussion about it. Uh, John does not like it as much as me, essentially. I found a lot of meaning in the film, though, that and I really appreciated it. So, that's all I'll say. I, I don't agree with John. makes me kind of a bad person. So, but uh, I also didn't really enjoy it that much. I'm sorry. It was a nice like foundation for a movie, I guess. But I don't know. I think it could have... Maybe it was too... Wasn't it going through like, a ton of reshoots and stuff like that? My big thing is, well, there's two things. Uh, the first one was, it would be great if it came out 10 years ago at this point. I mean, even that's not true. I mean, uh, if this came out around the time that the first X-Men film came out, or even X2, I think this would be a better film. But because we've gotten such more grandiose superhero films, it, it seems really weird to go back to just like a, a chamber piece of, hey, five people in a room. It, it just feels kind of weird for that. Uh, and then my other thing would be, this would actually be really good as a TV show where we can actually delve into these characters more, uh, make this a six-part miniseries on Netflix where we can actually dive into each character, realize their fears and their longing and whatnot a little bit more and have more character-defined powers and yada, yada, yada. I think it would be a great film. I think... My, my big issue with New Mutants was it was just a great starting place, and then they left it at that. Uh, once again, not taking not taking your enjoyment away from Samantha. I know that the film, once it hit VOD, a lot of people were watching it. I, I don't feel the general audience 
hates new mutants. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't hate new mutants at all. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, I personally was just wanting something different than what I got. I was expecting a horror film, and that's not really what I got. I, I feel like I was lied to in the marketing. But neither here nor there. 20th Century Fox X-Men franchise is dead and never coming back. So, uh, it, just seemed, it seemed like very muted horror, and I was hoping for like a darker... Cause that's what I thought it was supposed to be, like a dark horror, like hardcore horror movie, but it seemed kind of... I don't know, it didn't me. I don't know, I got it. Make your number seven. My number seven is Tenet. We all believe we'd run into the burning building. But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed? Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. Which I enjoyed. I don't really have... I, I think I told Jonathan when I watched it. I don't remember. Like, it was not... I was, like, hoping for it a little better. Maybe it was a little too hyped for me since it's a Christopher Nolan movie and I usually like his movies. But it was still really good. It was well put together. All the time travel stuff makes sense. I don't know what I should say to not spoil it. Should I spoil it at this point? I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. All the acting was great. The, was it John David Washington who played the Protagonist, or is it someone else? Yep, John David Washington. And he did a great job. Everyone in the movie did a great job. I really enjoyed it overall. It just, yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, Spencer, you gave me a hard time because my, my review of the film was mixed, if I remember correctly here. And then you also were giving me a hard time because I was telling people to see it. I think my, my actual, like, rating, we do our ratings here, phomology, see it, rant it, skip it, let it burn. I gave it a see it, but my, if you actually read the review, it's very mixed, which is how I feel about the film. It, it, it's not, it's definitely not Christopher Nolan's best film. It's a definitely a, a middle-tier film. But at that point, I was just so excited to see a movie in the theater again. I was, I think, holding on to that experience of, hey... Movies are back, and then, of course, they're more closed now than they probably were when Tenet came out. So, uh, man, I, 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 I wish I could go back and just, like, change those ratings, but, of course, that's not really what I do. The ratings out there, the reviews out there to say, hey, this is what I thought at the time. And, uh, obviously, now, don't go out to the theater if you're worried. Uh, be as safe as you possibly can be. Everything like that. Like, I, I don't... I don't personally want to be the reason that anybody gets sick, anybody dies. I don't. I don't think I any filmmaker wants to be that reason either. Obviously, but uh, anyway, we don't need to get into that right now. But uh, just be safe. Where are we at? My number seven. My number seven is another film that came out almost a year ago at this point. It is The Invisible Man. Uh, it is. A great performance by Elizabeth Moss. 
just a really highly suspenseful film. Uh, really, once again, topical with how men like to gaslight women. It is just a horrifying time, but yet so fulfilling once you get to the end of the film. Kind of a weird thing to say there, but of course I don't want to get into spoilers on the film. Because uh, the person who I'm sitting next to hasn't seen it. so That's because uh, there's nothing to see. The man's invisible. So, uh, The Invisible Man is my number seven pick. Alright, my number six is Onward. Um, I thought it was just really cute. Their brother relationship. And I also appreciate a good fantasy story. And there technically was a dragon. So that immediately raises it up. I just, I, but because I know your list, I'm I, I'm just kind of biting my tongue. But at the same time, there was a better Pixar movie this year than Onward. And Jonathan, do we have to talk about Shazam? Okay, do we have to talk? You chose do Shazam over some really nice movies last year. Oh, talk about, about, talk about <laughs> Shazam! 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 No, 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 no. Shazam! It was and still remains to be one of the best. DC EU movies. I, actually, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I will. Oh, but I know I don't want to do that. Really I, I love Wonder Woman. It's the best DC EU movie. I'm not going to say that Shazam is better than Wonder Woman. And I would like to point out that Shazam was not my number one movie of the year. I was like, what, my number four film of the year? And then, it's like it's like saying it's the best turd in the pile. Of food, okay, <laughs> it's not really that impressive. That's the best I, I, you, I think you need saying. to go and rewatch Shazam. Shazam was great. It was not just, you know, it's a mediocre film. It is a great film. It's a great superhero film. It's a great origin story. And it's a great just coming-of-age family film. I think we need more of those. And sadly, for some reason, I'm not getting them. But that's, that's a whole other thing. Instead, I'm getting these overly... <sighs> Overly political, 80s, I don't, I, I don't want to get into my Wonder Woman 84 thoughts. It, that's not what we're here for. But should, I, I'm also not saying that Onward's a bad film. I'm just saying when it comes to our Pixar films, and I, I only have one Pixar film on my list, spoiler alert, but I think that one Pixar film has a lot more to say than Onward. I do think that Onward has a good message it's a cute message. It's Yeah, it's great. It's fine. But it, it just felt like they had looked through what other animation companies were doing, like DreamWorks, and kind of stealing some of their ideas and putting a slight Pixar touch on it. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I do like Onward. I, I feel like I'm... I, I wrote a positive review for Onward. I'm not saying that's a bad film. I gave it a see it. I saw it in the theater. It was like one of the last films I saw in the theater before they, like, I mean, I shouldn't say the last films. I go to the, I currently am still going to the theater. But with an audience, with an actual audience, it was one of the last films I saw. And it will be probably a memory I'll always remember because theaters aren't really coming back. Doesn't matter. But point being, Shazam is great. Anyway. Samantha, do you do you have anything you'd like to say about Onward or Shazam or? I just want to say that uh, this is my list and um, I can rate it how I feel. I'm not saying that your spot's <laughs> wrong. I'm just. I don't know. It sounded like you were judging. Oh, you I'm judging, but, but I. I... <laughs> That's a new job. All right, Mike. What is your number six? 
It's onward. My number six is the Invisible Man. <laughs> it's onward that now. That's my number one. No. Uh, the Invisible Man. Um, I think Jonathan summed it up well. Yeah, I don't have much more to say. Elizabeth did a great job. I was a little worried it was going to turn out to be more like the Hollow Man uh, with Kevin Bacon back in the day, since that's mostly my experience with the Invisible Man and that story, even though it's really old. Um, yeah, it turned out great. The kind of the complete opposite of Hollow Man. So that's that's good. Excellent. Yeah, you should go watch it. Not Hollow Man. The Invisible Man. You should go watch. Just so we're clear on that. I do have to watch Hollow Man just because you uh, and another co-worker kept talking about that film when The Invisible Man was coming out. And I, I never bothered to watch it. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. This doesn't seem like my kind of thing. And now, obviously, I feel like I need to watch it because everyone was talking about Hollow Man when The Invisible Man was coming out. And But I, I know I know. I, I know when the, the zero reason to watch it. There's no, no reason to watch it. Well, I, I know that yeah. Samantha, you actually watched the original, the 1930s Invisible Man. I did. Back when uh, the, this, it's not a remake. Back when this reimagining came out, and, and you enjoyed the original uh, Universal Monsters film, I believe, right? I was amused. He mostly just messed with people. I didn't find it that scary, so I was able to actually watch it. But yeah, he, not to spoil anything, but like. He just likes spooking people, and he's like, "I'm gonna steal this, and you're not gonna know it's me." Well, back in the nineteen, like, 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 he just messed with um, people. It was kind of funny. Well, back in the nineteen thirties, though, I think that would be scary to see. I mean, don't, this new one definitely ups the scare factor. But uh, 75, 80 years of filmmaking and society's grown a bit for what we find scary. So, uh, anyway. Where are we at here? Uh, my number six pick. My number six pick is another one Samantha will probably never watch, but Mike, I know you enjoy it. It is The Lodge. So, how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys. That's our mom's hat. Oh, I'm sorry. I... You okay? I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. It was my idea, and it's a couple days. I can do a couple days. Okay, guys, I'm off. Have fun. What is that? It's crazy. Everyone committed suicide except her. Repent, and you will find salvation. It is just a great genre horror film. There's nothing like deep and overly moving or a deeper message in this film. It's just a great horror film. And I like I, I like I like good horror films. I mean, a couple of years ago, I had Don't Breathe on my list uh, for my top 10. Uh, I believe it's two, uh, 2016. Uh, not really a couple of years ago, but a few years back. And that's another film that's just a great horror film. It's not trying to be... Citizen Kane and say, oh, Rose uh, Rosebud was the, his entire childhood, and you know, once he lost that sled, his life just became uh, a giant battle within his inner self, and yada yada. It's just a great horror film. There's great scares, there's great tension, and it's just. I, I'm on the edge of my seat watching the entire film. I get that it's not for everybody, I get that it's very dark. But when it comes to horror films, I like that psychological stuff that just kind of messes with your brain. I like that. And that's what The Lodge is. So 
The Lodge is my number six pick. My number five is Soul, which I'm assuming John was thinking of earlier. Anyway, I thought it was cute, and sometimes it hit a little bit harder than I was expecting. I don't think I cried, though. I did tear up at one point, though. I thought it was a good movie, and, um, yeah, you should check it out. It's about dreams and finding your spark in life, and it's it's cute. Uh, my number five, if, if uh, is, uh, and this is where we're talking about movies actually a little more passionate about, because this year wasn't that great for movies, I don't think. But uh, my number five is Vampires vs. the Bronx. It's like a modern Lost Boys in the Bronx, obviously. Um, with some comedy throw, uh, thrown in. Oh, but uh, obviously there's comedy in the Lost Boys as well. But yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, sometimes the humor doesn't hit exactly home. But overall, it was a fantastic movie. Definitely worth a watch. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, I believe. Yeah, I haven't seen that film. Uh, the... the... The best thing and the worst thing about Netflix is they release a new film every week. So it's kind of hard to keep up and it's you, you never know the quality of the film. So it's always a little weary. But uh, another thing to add to my list. Eventually I'll get to it. Who knows when that will be. And since it's a Netflix original film, it's never leaving the service. So that's uh, good to know, I guess. Uh, my number five is the... Better of the two Pixar films, as we've already talked about. Soul. This, for me, is such an interesting film. Because, as Samantha knows... And, Mike, you probably have a hunch about this as well. I don't believe in that core message that the film is selling me. Which is, live every moment. Enjoy every moment. And if it's not doing what made you happy, find those reasons that just... That everyday life can give you that spark. I'm terrible at that. 100% terrible. I am that guy who's like completely focused on jazz. I'm completely focused on the music and how it's making me feel. And how it impacts everything going around me. I mean, not with jazz obviously. But with what I do with my life. Uh, like currently if we're talking about movies here. My entire focus is going to be on films and how they are impacting our society how they impact my life how they impact others and uh, going on from there you can do both you know i'm terrible at b- both we'll work on it but i still love the message of the film it's a very beautiful message and the way that it comes across in the film the way that they're telling me it, the, the, the way that they're showing me it, it's a it's just it's moving it really is and i think that's great I don't think that this is a kid's film, which I know for the longest time, uh, I, I mean, you've had me saying and others saying that Pixar, the, the greatest thing about Pixar is they don't just make movies for kids. They make movies for everybody. But I believe this is the first film that they have made that I would not categorize as a film for everybody. I don't think that you could give this film to a six or seven year old the same way you could give uh, that six or seven year old Toy Story and they'll fall in love with that. There's not really a core character here to fall in love with, like Buzz or Woody. It's a very existential. Ex- I can't say this word today. Uh, existential. Um, existential. Existential crisis film. And then, of course, it's dealing with the afterlife and everything that goes on there. What makes you you? I think it's a great film. 
I will just put the one giant caveat that Inside Out does this better, but this is still great. It's still a great film, uh, a phenomenal soundtrack, and it, I, I, I think people should watch it. I, I know that put that when it came out Christmas Day, uh, all over my Facebook and uh, Letterboxd, people were watching Soul and Wonder Woman 84, and to once again bash Wonder Woman 84. The better Christmas present that day was Soul. Wonder Woman 84 was a giant piece of coal that we all had that we had to pretend it was a diamond. I thought we weren't talking about that. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's basically like uh, Wonder Woman 84 is like the Rise of Skywalker for me at this point. How every second I have to bring up how bad that film was. The real reason why I'm upset with Wonder Woman 84 was because of how much I... I, I adore that 2017 film. I absolutely love it. It's in my top 100 films of all time. I love that film. And this sequel just destroys everything that Diana Prince stood for. It doesn't understand the character. It doesn't understand how to make a good movie, how to pace a movie. It doesn't understand how to give characters motivation. It is just two and a half hours of my life that I wasted. And it makes me angry. So that's a lot of burn. And uh, my number four is, is uh, Yes, God, Yes. I don't know what I was expecting, but I love the play on the title of... It relates really well to the movie because she's kind of exploring her sexuality while also in exploring her religion. And the things kind of conflict for her and she's trying to figure out how to balance everything and... I know, I thought it was really good. It's a great sex comedy, a great coming-of-age film. It's it's really nice. Really great film. I think it's, it's streaming now, if I remember correctly, on Netflix. So de- definitely uh, definitely check that film out. I know that we reviewed it back when it came out. We all, I believe we all really liked it. Uh, Mike, I honestly can't remember if you liked it. I'm assuming you did. It seems like your kind of film. Um <laughs> well, it, it, it just means like it, it, your religiousness it, is what we're talking about, Mike. This chair, <laughs> my deep, I, it, my deep religion. It, it just seemed like it hits like what you're looking for in a film. It just seems like it has, uh, it, it's funny. It has characters that are true, and it, it just feels like a great film. No, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It was. I forgot about it. Kind of. I'm not gonna lie until she said it. Um, but it was, I enjoyed it. It was. I was overselling Mike's opinion on the film. But uh, Samantha and I enjoyed it. Mike thought it was okay and uh, forgettable. But once again, it's streaming on Netflix. So I I do encourage people to go watch it. It didn't make my top 10 yet again in my top 50. But uh, definitely worth checking out. Mike, you're number four. My turn? My number four. Um, I don't know if me forgetting about movie this year is... Um, a bad thing, uh, because it seemed like a lot happened this year, and this year dragged on forever. Um, and I forgot this movie came out, but when I was looking up what movies came out this year, I was super excited when I saw the name, and I was super surprised when I first saw it, because how amazing it was. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, way better than I ever thought it would be. Wait, 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 no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. That's my number thirty-eight, Mike. What? Your your number four. Your number four film is Sonic the Hedgehog, and you're telling me that having Shazam (laughs) in my top ten. No, Sonic the Hedgehog would be great if it came out in nineteen ninety. 
back when it should have come out. But in 2020, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. It was amazing. What, you're you're correct. You're the correct. Best it had, this year it, it was better soul. than it, okay. it had any right to be. But that's not saying it's good. That's just saying that's that they didn't make a Jim dumpster Carey fire of a film. Back to form. It was fantastic. He did a great job as Dr. Robotnik. Um, James Marsden has... Sonic sidekick. Are you gonna no? There is no way that you can say that James Marsden. I I used to defend James Marsden, but now I'm like he plays the same character in every film. He just plays that that schmuck every but every man, and I'm like, look. That just means he was born for this role. This is his. <laughs> this, is his <laughs> this was the role you were the you were born here. to play the human sidekick <laughs> in a in, in a Sonic the Hedgehog oh movie. I mean, <laughs> your list is your list, Mike. Some people. I, I think we got to the yeah, first exactly. film. Jonathan. I think we got to the first He's film that's not in my top I am person because he attacks. He attacked me having Shazam, and here he is putting Sonic the Hedgehog. At least Shazam has a wholesome uh, family feeling, like family's important. What is the general message of Sonic the Hedgehog? Is it family again? I'm pretty sure it's family. I'm pretty sure it's family. Is it family? Yeah. I thought it was just, I'm going to go steal a ring, and then I'm going to go... For your family. No, I... I'm just going to... Yeah. He's doing it because he doesn't want to go to the mushroom planet. What are you talking about? It's not family. It's he's looking out for himself. But he made a family. Yeah, James yeah, Marsden and James Marsden's out. wife, who we don't even like know yeah, her name. Yeah, they're friends. Okay. They're family. You look really upset right now. I am really upset right now. <laughs> Mike, I'm, really, I'm happy you enjoyed it. Obviously, I know you did enjoy it. Uh, and... I, 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 I can't... I wanted to say it's the best video game movie we've ever, uh, we've ever gotten, but I, I, I think I enjoy Detective Pikachu more than I enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know. That'd be close. That'd be close. Also, the Mortal Kombat movie, Guilty Pleasure. That is fantastic. You know, there's, there's a new Mortal Kombat... The first Com one, not the second one. The second one is terrible. There's a new Mortal Kombat coming out later this year. Well, supposedly coming out later this year. We'll see if that happens. But Let's keep, keep telling yourself that, bud. I, I'm looking really quick to see if uh, Sonic the Hedgehog did make my top 50. I don't think it did. And it did not. Sonic the Hedgehog is the first film that we've talked about that has not made my top 50. Excellent. Perfect. A, a perfect. Oh, we're we're saying words here that I feel are. Uh, I, I think your nostalgia for Sonic the Hedgehog is taking over a little bit. But I don't even like Sonic the Hedgehog that much. I never really played. I played the games later. I was more of a Nintendo guy than a Sonic guy. Okay, so how how do you feel about Super Mario Brothers the movie? It's hilarious, but terrible. Okay, so we we can at least admit that it, that it's. It's a bad, like I, that's a film I do enjoy because of how bad it is. I mean, it's a terrible film, but it's still fun to watch. Uh, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. There's nothing about it that's like outrageously bad. It's just it, it does feel like a time period piece from the '90s to me. It doesn't feel like anything. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's reinventing the wheel, but it's also not trying to. So for that, I guess it's p passable. Uh, uh, my number four pick is Never Really, Sometimes, Always. Oh, man. I, we're, we're getting to the part of my list where it's just, like... It's these heavy films at this point now for me. And when we... 
first watched Samantha when we first watched the film, I I was taken aback because of a it, it's told in such a simplistic manner. It's not it's not uh, giving these characters a lot to say. A lot of it's really just told through their emotions, uh, through their facial expressions, and it's it is a heart wrenching film. And I, I, I can't recommend this film highly enough. It's a great film. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere at the moment, but it's it's a great film of what I mean. We talked about family before. I mean the the main character and her cousin. Uh, they're they're traveling uh, to I believe New York. I believe it's New York. Uh, to get an abortion, uh, for the, the main character to get an abortion, and just this, I mean, just this story of sisterhood and how much you have to sometimes suffer and suffer with each other and just be empathetic and just, it, it's a phenomenal story and I, I strongly urge people to go out and watch this. Uh, whatever your viewpoints on abortion are, this is still a great film. Like the, the actual story here doesn't have to really deal with that 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 hot button issue I mean yes of course there are it, it, that's here but that's that, that's not really what the film's about so I, I strongly urge you to go watch never really sometimes always it's a great film uh, just know that you will feel that, that gut punch but that doesn't mean it's a bad film that means it's doing its job and affecting you in a a positive hopefully a positive way so uh, my number four is never really sometimes always. My number three has already been talked about. It's Happiest Season, and I love Christmas in general, so a good, feel-good Christmas movie is right up there at number three. Is that why you, like, we're really off-topic here, but is that why you like Lily and uh, Dash and Lily so much? Because Lily is so... It got worse. It got worse. I did not like the last episode at all. Okay, because I know I've once again. I it didn't feel like the couple that we were watching all these other show episodes with. It didn't feel like them anymore at the end, and I didn't like that. Okay, I just know that you love Christmas, and Lily loves Christmas. And I did appreciate the Christmas love. I did appreciate that. But so happy season's better than <laughs> than Dash and Lily is basically what you're saying. Well, yeah. Okay, cool. Happy season, great. It's uh, once again, I loved it. You loved it, Mike. How do you feel about Happy Season? I enjoyed it. It was, it was kind of like, there's a lot of movies that could have been, like, the, my bottom, or not my bottom, bottom, but, like, in the 6 through 10 range, and that was in there. No, it was it was a good movie. Just, I didn't feel very passionately about it. And, and I felt really passionate about, about it. I was telling everybody to watch it. So, uh, I mean, any film I tell everybody to go and see, I feel, had, has to make my top 10. Uh, Mike, you're number three. No, wait, no. My number th- Yes. Yeah. 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 My number three. Yeah. Three. My number three uh, is you talked about earlier the lodge. Uh, it's fantastic. It uh, starts with a big kick in the gut in the beginning, and then kind of ends with a giant kick in the gut. And in between, you're just not sure what's real and what's actually happening. And it was actually fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was emotionally draining, but it was supposed to be. Yeah, it's fantastic. Go watch that. Yeah, and once again, if if you can make it past that opening, like not the opening scene, but the opening ten minutes of the film. You'll be able to watch the rest of this film. You might not enjoy it. It still might be a tough watch. But the first 10 minutes, if you can get past that, the first, I mean, that's the most shocking element, I believe, is the first 10 minutes. 
Uh, and, sa- and sadly, now that I'm saying that, you know something's going to happen. Versus when I first saw it, I had no clue what was going to happen. Um, I mean, it might, it might be good to know something's going to happen because it's kind of... It's a big trigger like thing for a lot of people. It's a trigger thing for me. Uh, I, I, I could tell you. So I was, uh, I was very shaken up in the theater. Uh, I, was, I sat by myself uh, completely alone in the theater and I was just... Uh, I t- toyed with the, the, the fact of actually leaving the theater at that point just because I, w- I was made that uncomfortable by it. And so, yet it still made your top... It made my top because it's a great horror film. Once I got once I got past the first ten minutes of the film, there's a lot of great things... Not great things. I mean, great horror s- elements that happen. But I feel that that you can't have those other elements without that first 10 minutes. This isn't like a Saw film where it's torture porn just for the sake of torture porn. These are elements that are happening that help inform characters' motivations and uh, helps solidify the end game that happens in this film. So I, I do feel that what's it's not my favorite scene of the year. It's like I'm saying, yeah, the first 10 minutes of, of The Lodge. Great cinema. I, I, I just, I think it's a great horror film, as I've already said, and I do feel people should see it. I'm just, there, there is a big thing that happens, and it, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to watch, but it's there. My number, where are we at? Three. My number three is The Assistant. Um, once again, why'd you roll your eyes at me? I didn't roll your eyes at me. You totally rolled your eyes. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I also didn't like that one, though. I, I, I didn't roll my eyes, though. I don't know how anyone cannot like these films. It, they feel authentic. They feel real, which is, once again, what I look for in cinema. I look for the human experience in film. And, I mean, it's not just a phenomenal HR scene. Which, once again, when, when we talked about uh, the assistant back on the show, I was like, that scene is the scene of the film. It is the most realistic, it is the most horrifying, and it is the most, like, <laughs> it's a completely relatable scene to me as somebody who has gone to HR uh, with issues. And then later on, ten minutes out after I'm out of that conversation, the entire company knows exactly what that conversation was I had. Which just for me seems like the exact opposite of what an HR should be. Now, with that aside, the whole sexual predatorness of this film is still happening in our society. It still needs to be addressed. I mean, we're not even at close to the tipping point of being over this. The Me Too movement should keep going. It should keep polarizing uh, those who speak out against it because you... <laughs> We'll get to this more with my my number two pick, but the this toxic masculinity has to stop at some point, and I like that films are talking about this. I like that films are bringing up the fact that we as a society have done nothing for so long that it's going to be really hard to turn that page to realize that we screwed up, and just to see the look on. Uh, the, the main character's face here at the end of the film, that she has worked so hard to get to a job that is a, just a small stepping stone to a, a bigger picture for her. But she's so conflicted because she doesn't know what she wants to do. She doesn't know if she wants to follow her dream that she has had her whole life 
or if she wants to leave it because she can just see how much you have to sell your soul to the, the devil to have this life. And that that's a really, I mean, that, that, that's a tough choice. And I like that this film doesn't give you a simple answer. It, we, there is no simple answer to really fix this problem. And I like that this film tackles that. I think it's a great film. I really do. Uh, the Assistant is my number three. My number two has already been mentioned. It's never, rarely, sometimes, always. I just really uh, was drawn in by their emotional journey. And I meant to only watch a little bit of it because I was watching it kind of late at night. And I just wanted to start it and check it out to see kind of what it was like. And I ended up watching all of it and going to bed really, really late. But I really liked it. It was really good. Uh, my number... Sorry, my number two is Bad Boys for Life, as Jonathan predicted would be on my list. Uh, it was a fantastic action movie. Um, it's probably the best Bad Boys movie um, so far. And I liked all three of them, so I'm very excited. I'm ho- I kind of hope they create like a Fast and Furious type franchise thing just to see. I don't know if it'll be good or not. No. I'm looking forward to it. No. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I want another Bad Boys movie. But the Fast and Furious movies have jumped the shark that it's just so... It's just feels taxing to watch those films. I feel... I just... I feel like a jackhammer just going against my brain watching those Fast and Furious films. Uh, for me, uh, what was it? Furious 7? Is that the is that the tribute to Paul Walker film? I have no idea. Yes, it is. Because I don't believe he's in Fate, uh, Fate of the Furious. Uh, man, I look... look what, once again, Mike, you already know my opinion on Paul Walker, but I'll just say it here for the, po- for the podcast's sake. Nobody cared about him until he died. He was a bad actor... And he was an afterthought in the Fast and the Furious series. So to turn the whole series and be like, man, this whole series is a tribute to Paul Walker. You were all capitalizing on a tragedy. So screw you and your sentimentality. Anyway. Bad Boys for Life. I do hope they make another one. I do hope it's the... I don't think it's going to be the creative team for this. I believe I saw that the, uh, the director for Bad Boys for Life... Is uh, going to do a Disney Plus uh, Marvel show. I don't remember which one. But I believe that that's where he's heading. So might be a little bit till we see uh, a fourth Bad Boys for Life. Actually, what? It took us... Mike, how long did it take us to get a a third Bad Boys film? It was like 20 years. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I I really hope it doesn't take that long for a fourth one. Uh, I think that Bad Boys for Life was universally... uh, I don't want to say beloved, but universally uh, enjoyed. So, I, I do think we'll get another one. It made a huge, uh, it was a huge box office hit. People liked it. Once again, this one, like, usually I say it's in my top 50. This is in my top 20. I really enjoyed the film. I just, I, I didn't get the chance to rewatch it. And even if I did, it would probably be at, like, my 11 or 12. So, just, just on the outside looking in. My number two pick is Promising Young Woman. Man, this is this is the film that is taking the Me Too movement, but it's it it's it has teeth. And I mean, just just that title alone, "Promising Young Woman." It's ta- taking uh, what the Brock Turner and the whole thing, which why he didn't didn't get the jail time because he was a promising young man who showed such potential. 
This film, just in the title, is saying, hey, screw you and your masculinity and these gender norms and that we've had for generations. We're going to challenge that. And that, right there, just the title is promising. The film is really phenomenal. Carrie Mulligan, I mean, I love Carrie Mulligan. I've loved her, uh, what, since 2009, I believe, with an education. And she's gone on to do other great films since. I mean, Shame. She's actually really good in The Great Gatsby. That movie itself isn't that great, but she's good in it. And I, I, I loved her performance here in this film. Uh, also, uh, Bo, Bur Bo Burnham, uh, Samantha, who I know you really like. Mike, I actually don't know your opinion on Bo Burnham, but he's in this film, and he's, he did a really great job. Really great job at uh, the character he's playing. Uh, he's a definitely a supporting character in the film. And this is just, this is a phenomenal film. I I'm, I'm really don't want to spoil much about the film. There are moments in this film that will make you feel uneasy, and if they don't make you feel uneasy, I have a lot more questions to ask you because this does challenge the, once again, the, the gender norms that we've had. This is, it's trying to get the conversation rolling and it's trying to do it in a rather dark, twisted way at times. But, you know, maybe that's what we need to do to have a conversation is to just, you know, not just gently open that door, but just run in, kick the door down and say, this is what the problem is. Let's confront it. Obviously, a film can't change that. But if it gets people thinking about it, if it gets us all thinking about how we affect the society, how we affect the other people in our lives, what we should do if there is a rape allegation. Don't just say, oh, well, because she was wearing a short skirt. Oh, because she was drinking. She had this coming. That's time to end all that crap. Let's actually have a conversation about the problems going on with society. And once again, Promising Young Woman is... It, it, it's a film... If you look at my list here, a Promising Young Woman, The Assistant, Never Really, Sometimes, Always, The Invisible Man. A great year for films that want to have these conversations. I'm sorry that it took so long to get to that point where we have to have these conversations. I'm sorry that we even had to have these conversations and that we... Couldn't have been at this point as a society a long time ago. But as the past couple of weeks have told us, our society is more screwed up than anyone had thought. But hopefully uh, ho hopefully, all the right people are seeing these films and having these conversations with their friends, with their family. And we can hopefully get out of these terrible uh, messes that we're in. So uh, n number two, uh, Promising Young Woman. My number one is Palm Springs. It was engaging to watch, and it was kind of unpredictable at times. You never knew what was going to happen, and it was just really exciting from finish to end. Samesies. John, I'm just kidding. But my number one is also Palm Springs. Um, especially if you don't know what it's about going into it, it's, a lot, it's really surprising. Especially that opening sequence. Um, it can seem kind of random and weird. I showed it to a couple people who didn't know anything about it. Um, and everyone really enjoyed it. It's a fantastic movie. I'm glad that I got Hulu. It's the highlight of the service for me, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, once again, I, I can't believe we're all on the same page here, but number, I mean, number one film is Palm Springs. Uh, especially with, I mean, 2020 being the year that it was, every day kind of did feel like the same day over and over and over again. 
and just to have a film that kind of reflected that in many ways uh, for some of the characters the, those days are humorous other, for other characters those days are the worst days of their life um, which I think everybody can relate to in 2020 some days we had great days other days we just were just like why does this keep happening why does the world keep getting worse and it's it's great to have a film that reflects that. It, it's just serendipitous that the film came out at the time that it did. And the fact that it's on Hulu, every, I mean, everybody has the opportunity to see it. That's another great aspect of the film. And Mike, like you said, I mean, there's, there's, there's other great films that are on Hulu. But I think that Palm Springs is, for me, uh, I, I would say the best of the Hulu original films or the films that Hulu has bought. Uh, over the past couple years really a great film and like you said I knew nothing about the film going in and that was the greatest joy I have had this year uh, was watching Palm Springs so my number one is Palm Springs uh, as for myself honorable mentions I mean once again as I do every year my top 50 will be over up at filmologyshow.com uh, if you just click the years and you click 2020 you'll see uh, my top 50 list and Mike's top 10, Samantha's top 10, uh, and then uh, uh, all the other fun things that we have, the uh, by the numbers and just the uh, top uh, top reviews and most popular reviews of the year. So they'll all be posted over on uh, filmologyshow.com. But uh, do you guys have any honorable mentions that you want to mention since you aren't going to be posting anything like a top 50 over there? Anything that you like had in your 11, 12 spot that was just eking to get on to the top 10? Me. Like I said, I felt kind of meh about a lot of films this year. I wasn't super impressed. So, I mean, when I when I look at my top 50, I, I feel like we had a great year in film. I, don't, I never felt like... I mean, y yes, I'm missing like the big blockbuster films. Like, once again, a Marvel film. But I don't think that my list is a bad list. I think it's a really good list. It's a strong list. I think there were great films... You just might have had to search a little bit better, search a little bit better, search a little bit harder to find them. Like searching on Netflix and not just looking at their top 10 because their top 10 is usually, uh, uh, how to say this, uh, schmuck. So uh, you might have to search a little bit harder, but you will find some good stuff out there. I mean, even now uh, in 2021, we're, we're really ha starting to have some good things. You just have to look for them. Samantha, anything on your list that was just looking in no i don't feel like my list was that strong but i know i didn't see as many as you i, I, I will say this is uh, 20 uh 2020 was like the year i'd see since doing filmology and in 2013 it was the year i saw the least amount of films but i mean st still watching 100 films i felt like i had a strong 50 a strong 50 list really quick uh, I, I, when we usually do these shows, I usually do the whole best scene, best performance, yeah, everything like that. I don't really want to do that this year. I do want to ask, what was your most disappointing film of the year? And for me, personally, obviously, it's Wonder Woman 84, but I'll, I'll try to come up with something else. But what was that one film that you were really excited for, and then it just kind of let you down? Um, Wonder Woman was probably the only one I, was, I can think of offhand that I was disappointed in. That's the only one that jumps out right now, off the top of my head. I gotta also say Wonder Woman, 1984. Maybe Birds of Prey, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, because I, I kind of liked the first movie. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you, you, you like Suicide Squad. I do. 
And I hate And I know you don't. I but I feel like Suicide I didn't like the sequel. So I guess that one, Wonder Woman 1984, I think was a bigger disappointment, though. I don't know if there is another one, John. I mean, so uh, for, for me, Wonder Woman 84, I mean, that's the big one. American Pickle, I didn't care for at all. I was exce- I was hoping I liked that a little bit more than I did. And then that whole third act just kind of, for me, derails the film. And then uh, a movie that, that a lot of people, for I don't know if a lot of people are liking, but the people who do like it are just very loud about liking it. Uh, it Jingle, uh, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. It's a musical that was on... Netflix and Forrest Whitaker's in it, so I was you know a little intrigued to watch it because like oh Forrest Whitaker you know he's usually in good things, I mean maybe he's not always good in them but he's usually d- does good projects, and uh, this one I'm like eh, this is not that great. Um, the production design and everything, costume design was great, but the actual music, which if you're watching a musical you know you want good music, uh, wasn't that great. And maybe that's just my taste being a little all too poppy which might be why some people liked it. But I personally did not. Um, and I'll, uh, actually, while well, on musicals, uh, the, the Prom, that was a, oh, disa- yeah. that was a disappointment. I, Mike, I don't know if you watched that, but uh, it was on Netflix. I was really excited for it. And then it just... Uh, the def- like when you, when you say film's too much, I think that's what The Prom is. Like, everything is just blown up to 11, and it's just... It, 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 there, there's a good you can tell there's a good musical in there it's just not in the one that Ryan Murphy gave us so that's a disappointment there looking forward to our current year that we're in now 2021 what are, what films are we really excited to see uh, I, I I did come up with a list of of uh, 10 Mike did you have did you have a list or what do we what do we have here I, I looked through the list and then I was looking up, or sorry, to see what movies were supposed to come out, and then I realized at least half of them are going to get delayed into probably next year. So I was like, well, it seems silly. Yeah. I have a list of five. Um, yeah, sorry. I was just, I was, I was too disappointed. I was like looking through the list and I was like too disappointed because I felt like I would probably won't get a chance to watch them. Well, I mean, really quick here, I, I have a list of ten, and I'm just going to tell you, like, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you some of the films that you will, we will for sure be able to watch this year. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you all of them. I'll just go through all of them really quick. Uh, so my number 10, Jungle Cruise. I'm going to take a good bet that if this film doesn't come out in theaters, it will be one of those films that does hit Disney+, Plus, uh, uh, all access, premiere access, whatever it's called. I do have a feeling that that film will hit that. Um and the big reason why this is on that my list is because uh, when we were at D23, uh, seeing uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt talk about the film and just their chemistry together and just how much fun they were having uh, at D23, it was very infectious. And I feel like, you know, that's this, this is just going to be a fun, lighthearted adventure film. And I, I enjoy those. Uh, number nine, Black Widow. See, I, I saw that. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Good, good. Uh, but I saw that one too. But I was like, Dwayne Johnson is big box office. So why would Disney pass Wait, it up if they're not? I mean, I, I don't, want, I don't want to say he's big. I mean, Baywatch flopped. Like, big time flopped. And he's in that. I mean, it's Baywatch, though. Well, I, uh, that's true. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, it doesn't have the Disney machine behind it. But I'm sorry. Go for it. My apologies. No, uh, but uh, Black Widow, I mean, this is the film, Mike, we were talking earlier. I don't feel... 
that Disney would put this online. I mean, this the Marvel films, the past, like, what, four or five Marvel films have all been billion-dollar films. I don't see uh, Disney saying, yes, just put that on uh, Disney+. Plus. They want that billion dollars. They're not willing to let that go. Uh, number eight. This is a film that everyone will be able to see on HBO Max. It is The Suicide Squad with James Gunn. Uh, sequel of your imagining. We don't really know what it is yet, but uh, I mean, it's James Gunn. For that reason, I think this will be a at least an entertaining film. Uh, and for me, obviously, hopefully better than the atrocity that was the 2016 uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, number seven, yet another film that we will have the opportunity to see either in a theater or on Disney Plus with premiere access. That is Raya and the Last Dragon. Once again, it looks like a phenomenal film. Uh, Disney animation has been really killing it lately with, uh, you know, uh, Zootopia, Moana, even Frozen 2, really killing it. Uh, number six, this is the big question mark of what is happening with this film, but that is No Time to Die. Man, I, it's a James Bond film, and I think myself, Daniel Craig, we would all love to have this film come out and just for, for Craig so he can just be done with this character, and for me so I can just have a great James Bond film. I really want it. Uh, and Spectre, I really didn't like. So I'm really hoping this does a little bit of a course correction and ends the Daniel Craig saga on a good note. But who knows when this film's coming out. It's supposed to be coming out in April, I believe, but that I, that looks less and less likely each and every moment that we move forward here. Um, number five, Mission Impossible 7. I mean, that's I believe that's a Christmas release. That could come out, maybe. Who knows? I, know we were, I think everybody on the internet knows about Tom Cruise's big grant that he had. Uh, hopefully that comes out. I'm excited for that to come out. Number four, A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, this is one of those films that even if it does come out, like if, if they're like, hey, you can pay $20 to watch it at your house, I, I would be really... I, I really have to question if I would do that because the, the first film was such a great cinematic experience having that great surround sound system and I don't have a great surround sound system. So I, I don't think that I would enjoy watching this at my house, uh, especially... Um, with how much I enjoyed the first film. Uh, so that was that. Number three. Number three is Dune. Uh, Deli Val uh, Denis Villeneuve's um, first part of the Dune story. Uh, is a, Right now, it is still coming out on HBO Max. Uh, of course, Legendary Pictures is uh, wanting in, in to come out in, into theaters. I don't know why they really want that. Uh, I'm going to take a good bet that I'll actually love the film, but it's going to be box office poison. So... Uh, number three, Dune. Number two, in the... How do you think it would be box office poison? I don't know if it's box office poison, but it, it doesn't feel... Like, when you look at, when you look at uh, like, Blade Runner 2049, it's a film that I really loved, but it didn't do a dent at all at the box office. It was it was just kind of there. And you for Dune, for the amount of money that they're probably spending and the, the cast that they have, this film can't just be... A, yeah, it did fine at the box office. This is the... I mean, they're, they're wanting Dune to be a franchise. And they've already flat out said that this isn't the whole story. It's a part one. Well, if it doesn't make money, they're not going to make part two. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't, I really don't want half of a story. And I feel like audience... So you should want to come over what? to the box or the theaters then because it's not going to make money on HBO Max. Anywhere near no, 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 that's true, that's true. And I, and I don't know how they're doing that because, I mean, uh, 
what, AT&T came out and said that that uh, Wonder Woman 84 was a success for them on HBO Max. Now, we don't know what that means. We don't know how many people watched it. And we know that people are talking about it. But, f- I mean, frankly, the word of mouth on Wonder Woman 84 has been negative. The internet has not been treating the film kindly. They've been rage- raging on the film. Uh, be- treating the film a lot worse than I have here in this podcast. So, I, I don't know what they consider it to be an actual success. Once again, I... Box office poison might not be the correct term, but I do. I, I sci-fi usually like hard sci-fi usually doesn't sell well to mass audiences. Usually the films are really good, like uh, Under the Skin, Annihilation, Ex Machina, but that doesn't mean that they're they're gonna make the money that they need to recoup to make a sequel. Uh, my number two film, once again, everyone's going to be able to see it on HBO Max. That's In the Heights. This was my number one last year. Really excited for it last year. And then I was heartbroken when I was told the film wasn't coming out. Luckily, I'll be able to watch it on my TV uh, later this summer. And maybe, depending on, on how everything's looking at with theaters, I'll go see it in the theater. We'll see what happens. And then my number one, it doesn't have a title yet, but it is... The third film in the Spider-Man Homecoming saga, trilogy, whatever this is. It's just the third Spider-Man film. Everything I'm hearing about this film just sounds spectacular. If they're doing a live-action Spider-Verse, please do. I Just even, like, five seconds of having Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland on the same screen together. It just sounds like everything I would want. And I'm, I'm just excited. I'm really excited for this film. We already know that Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina are coming back. We don't know what capacity they're coming back. So once again, it could be a little cameo, which still sounds phenomenal. I mean, Spider-Man 2 uh, with Doc Ock is one of my all-time favorite superhero films. So any film that references that and brings that into uh, the current MCU mythology, I'm all for. And uh, I I believe, Samantha, once again, you were there going through that whole saga with me of how originally... Spider-Man wasn't going to be a part of the MCU anymore and just how devastated I was when that happened. And then when he came, when uh, they, they brought the news back, they was coming back, I I was over, completely overjoyed. So whatever the Spider-Man film is, it's my number one film, my number one most anticipated film of uh, 2021. Uh, what did you, Samantha, what did you have for your list? So my top five most anticipated is Jungle Cruise, A Quiet Place 2, Black Widow, In the Heights, and Raya. Basically on the same page. Uh, Mike, did anything uh, that we didn't mention, anything that you were really excited for? You're probably really excited for Fast 9 or F9, whatever it's called. No, I'm going to hold that for that. Um, but no, uh, pretty much what you said it would have been the same. But like I said, I'm not getting my hopes up that most of that, especially Spider-Man 3. I doubt that's going to come out at the end of the year. Or by the end of the year. Well, it, well and this this is a huge question mark that I have because because Spider-Man is a Sony film. It's not a Disney film. What happens here if for Phase Four they have to move everything back, even more than they already have? What happens to this film? Are our phases completely just phased out? They don't matter anymore. Here's just a film. Enjoy it. I'm kind of curious as to what's going to happen there. Obviously, they've already kind of changed the order around a little bit with some of the films. I believe uh, Shang-Chi is coming out before Eternals, which was not the game plan originally. But who knows? Who who knows what's going on with the MCU? Who knows what's going on with movies? There are things to still be excited for. Hopefully, we can see them. 
Hopefully we can talk about them. But until then, we're going to be talking about streaming movies yet again. So, guys, Mike, Samantha, what movies did you pick to talk about on next week's show? The film I picked is Before Sunrise, and it's streaming on HBO Max. Is that the first one? Yes, that's the first one of the trilogy. I picked Outside the Wire on Netflix. It comes out on the 15th. And then I pick a film that is also coming out. Oh, by the time everyone's listening to this, it's already out. But uh, for our sake, it comes out this Friday. Uh, and that is One Night in Miami, which is going to be on a, which is going to be on uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video. So should be a great show for everybody uh, to listen to. Hopefully for us to talk about and record. Uh, top five is going to be Samantha. Would you like to tell everybody what the top five is? No, I don't remember his name. Oh man, I feel hurt. Uh, top five is going to be top five Richard Linklater films. Tying in with, of course, our review of Before Sunrise, which is, not to spoil this, but it, that trilogy is one of my all-time favorite trilogies, so I'm really excited to talk about that film. And I'm also really surprised that it wasn't me who picked it, because of how much I adore it. So thank you very much, Samantha, for picking a film that I hope you like, and I'm really terrified that you're not going to like it. We'll see. And Mike, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm also terrified that you're gonna be like Richard Linklater. Why he's not made a good film? And I'll be like heartbroken. So I don't know if I've seen any of his films. Not gonna lie. I'll Google it right now and tell you. Time to watch five of them. Yeah, that's not. What do you mean? I'm busy making. I think he's, he's done. He's Among Us. I have to play. <laughs> what? You can play Among Us while watching, right? But uh, anyway, so once again. Filmologyshow.com. That is where we are. That's where our show's hosted. That's where our past shows are hosted. That's where we have written reviews going back all the way to 2013. Also, of course, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Filmology Show. We're trying to get that back up and running again. We're trying to get everything back up and running again. We'll be covering the Sundance Film Festival. For better or for worse, I'll be, once again, exhausted at the end of it. Samantha's going to be joining me for some of those films. Uh, I know she's really excited to watch some of uh, a lot of the short films that they're doing because she loves to watch the short films uh, which man, I, once again, I'm trying to find the time to watch everything as we've been kind of penciling in our schedule for that week has been has been rough but we're excited we're excited to watch the films, excited to talk to you, everybody about them but until next week, enjoy your weekend film and we'll see you next week Let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby.